What is the metaverse? Will it change our lives as we know it for the better? Will it be a corporation-controlled dystopia that we see in movies and TV? Will it be something in between? In this episode, we begin to define the metaverse, explain what it is, and why Web3 and decentralization will play a key part in the development of this future of the internet. Get ready to dive into the metaverse with this episode 6 edition of the Crypto Scrubs Podcast. Alright listeners, it's been a while. We've got episode six of Crypto Scrubs. I'm Galen Ma and we got Tony Chang here with me. Hello everyone. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's been a great time, great summer for us. Uh, we've been having an eventful uh, part of our lives, I guess, a little bit, uh, just following up. We don't have like the content we would have liked every two weeks uh, in the past summer because we were just enjoying life a little bit and uh, take, enjoying this uh, summer break. Yeah, what does is, what is enjoying life mean for you, Tony? <laughs> enjoying life for me means uh, I got married in Hawaii. Uh, now my lovely wife, as I call her, uh, she, I've met her for six years now and long uh, run for this relationship. And we finally tied a knot in a beautiful island, Hawaii. Yeah, I didn't see Tony for like two months here. <laughs> He's like disappeared, got married in Hawaii and came back. <laughs> so how's it feel? Um, I don't know. It was, It's definitely, um, I guess, a transition for me. Uh, just having to think about a lot of the new responsibilities I'm going to have to pick up, uh, especially in this new relationship. So I'm a little excited, uh, a little uh, afraid a little bit. And um, yeah, uh, looking forward to the future as always. Nice. This is like magical rain rainbows and unicorns right after marriage or just like more of the same <laughs> uh right now it's more of the same but oh man being in hawaii was just beautiful now i kind of understand why like people go to hawaii every year just for the hell of it for like vacation wise i mean it's so family friendly the entire island is to like to your like for you to explore um and you know instead of always having to stay at, stay at a hotel so i you know i have like this big vision of like now why people um are you know visiting hawaii and i hope to do go back one day and and fill out like some of my bucket list like zip lighting and stuff like that because i definitely missed out on those yeah i've never been to hawaii so oh wow so now i want to go <laughs> i have to go <laughs> but <laughs> I heard tickets are pretty pretty expensive, like five six hundred bucks. Well, yeah, I'll ch I check it out eventually. Sounds amazing. Yeah, definitely. All right, all right. Well, welcome back, Tony. We got episode six of Crypto Scrubs. Our topic today is the metaverse. The metaverse. Yeah, into the metaverse. It's been a, it's been thrown around a lot. Uh, definitely a buzzword out here. So we're gonna go with like a really high level explanation of what the metaverse is um, but before we dive into that we want to start each episode with kind of a recap of what how the markets are doing um, and kind of, kind of current news around the crypto industry so uh, what do you see Tony right now yeah so market? as of um, August 15th 2022 we're currently sitting at uh, a minus 62% from all-time high. Bitcoin is sitting 
pretty well actually around 24,000. It was sitting close to 20,000, dipped a little under, uh, flash dipped close to 18K and went back up. Um, it looks like a slight recovery at the moment, but definitely still a lot of room to bounce back down. So um, looking forward to that as in terms of discount buying. Yeah, there's been a pretty large bounce. Uh, I think Bitcoin was under 17,000 at one point. Ethereum was under, uh, I think, around 800, right? Yeah, um, it was pretty low. About, <laughs> about just a month ago. And then uh, Tony got married and everything started bouncing back again. So <laughs> she got married again. <laughs> Second chance at love? I definitely will try that. <laughs> so, yeah. I think um, it's, inflation has been grabbing the headlines of both the stock market and the crypto industry. And the one of the reasons why it's been bouncing is that uh, we got positive inflation numbers. Uh, inflation um, data comes out every two weeks and last two weeks have been pretty positive, showing a peak of inflation about a month ago and declining numbers since then. And also we have a uh, positive employment data showing employment at all time lows and also CPI, Consumer Price Index, has been um, positive as well, showing kind of prices stabilizing or decreasing um, from a consumer price index standpoint. Uh, a lot of that has been driven by oil prices. We saw an, a peak in oil about, I'm sure all of you saw a peak in oil about a month ago. Now it's kind of dropped since then, and people have been sharing that because um, the Fed has turned pivoted from being hawkish, meaning they've been raising rates aggressively to now uh, a less hawkish stance, meaning that they're gonna probably only raise rates by 50 basis, 50 basis points going forward versus an aggressive 70 basis point high each time. So um, yeah, but we'll see how things go from here. I think from a trading standpoint, we want to be cautious a lot of people in the industry have been predicting that we're going to retest the lows again um, multiple times and stay in this channel for at least six months to a year. So it's going to be a long ride for the crypto bear market. Yeah, I definitely see that happening. Um, we've just tested the the support of 20,000. This was a 2017 all-time high. And we're most likely going to, in my opinion, is to you know at least test the support two more times just to be you know for sure about the support level and so um this is just that one time uh, support hit and i think we're gonna have to you know keep eye on this uh support level uh moving forward yeah we, we've all seen this before tony and i've probably a third time been through something like this so i feel good yeah it's I'm probably really... gonna start trading this range it's definitely nice because we're finally here. You know what I mean? The hype cycle is over. Um, at least we know that this is a great buying opportunity. And we also see a lot of big names crashing to the floor, right? Um, one example being Celsius. I just got in the mail today, very interestingly, um, a chapter 11 from Celsius <laughs> uh, because I had an account with them. So they're giving me uh, a notice that they're filing for bankruptcy. Um, that's kind of interesting. Um, we always knew that they were going to go bankrupt with all the news that was happening, uh, especially regarding Terra Luna crashing. Um, and, you know, was it Three Arrows? 
triple arrows, three arrows. Yeah, three AC, three arrows. Three AC, cool. yep. And also, uh, who else was there? Voyager. They all took a hit because of Terra Luna. Yeah, that was uh, that happened about two months ago, and now uh, the market obviously took a dip because of the impacts of Terra Luna. Um, a lot of these companies who who lend money out um, were over leveraged that we found out afterwards and really impacted by Terra Luna, um, some other DeFi protocols. And you could see these uh, companies and exchanges and lenders really struggling to survive right now. So not just retail investors, big, big companies really push themselves to the limit and were kind of greedy, to be honest. Yeah, and it's a great lesson for everyone in this crypto space because it's so volatile right now. But um, being that this is also a great buying opportunity for most people when they're not buying, um, I want to mention and re reiterate this since the beginning of these episodes is that buying Bitcoin is like buying real estate on the digital internet. So um, I highly recommend if you're going to be you know trading or holding, especially holding and buying um, dollar cost average, it, it, it should always be with Bitcoin first. Um, before you take any initiative risk into uh, any other projects out there, uh, just because Bitcoin's been around the longest. And it, it, over time, we're starting to see a drop in volatility. Um, and therefore, uh, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like probably where we're going to have the most money being flown and uh, the first one to be adopted out of you know, all the projects out there. Yeah, just the long-term picture, it's 2022, back in 2018 um, and 17, Bitcoin was under $10,000. We first got into Bitcoin uh, around single-digit, think single-digit thousands, um, I think three or 4,000 for me. So uh, people saying crypto is dead, I don't think it's dead. I'm up 10x <laughs> when I first entered. So um, Bitcoin's going to quote-unquote die every time uh it crashes but longer term i think we're still headed towards uh an all-time high definitely yeah. before 2024 yeah definitely before the halving in 2024 we're, we've seen how uh, resilient bitcoin is and these support levels that are being rebought by someone is really showing like the positive net effect of you know adopters and new adopters around the world so just remember this type of finance is global it's like a global phenomenon it's not like restricted or you know just to united states or by region or by government it's definitely it's just open like 24 7 365 days a year to anyone that has the internet in the world so uh, this market is a global market for uh, everyone that has access yeah so that was the news part of our segment um so let's pivot and go straight into the main section the metaverse the metaverse so I, so I recently did a um, kind of a seminar for my company. I work for a consulting company and we're trying to be um, start to talk about future technologies and their impacts and understand them and why they're important. And one of them is the metaverse. So um, to put it simply, the metaverse uh, is a mix of augmented reality and virtual reality worlds that will set the stage for the next iteration of the internet. Um, and one distinction I want to make is that there are a lot of metaverses out there 
and virtual worlds and augmented reality worlds. Um, and I'm going to call them lowercase uh, metaverses with the lowercase m. The metaverse is not here yet. It's something in the future. We have the technologies building blocks right now to build something like that. Um, and a comparison I want to make is to kind of the early stages of the internet. When the early stages of the internet was being built, a lot of people had really silly definitions of it. People referred to it as the information superhighway. People, you know that at symbol, Tony? We yeah. have your emails and like everything. People didn't know how to actually say that out loud. <laughs> mm. People people thought it was like about or something, or <laughs> uh, they just totally skipped it, or like um, like mm. yeah, people didn't know what that was about. But is there an actual word for that? It's called or it's at, just at the at symbol. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's the, the at, at symbol. symbol. Got it. <laughs> yeah, so we're definitely early um, in in defining the metaverse and building the metaverse. But the impacts to crypto and Web3, I think, is really big um, for the future to understand it, why it's important to get involved and also um, be one of the early adopters here. Right. So one of the first how I imagined Metaverse being is that one of the first things that came about Metaverse was from uh, crypto like blockchain world. Um, I understood it as you know, something close to like Decentraland or something like Sandbox where you can actually buy virtual goods or um, interact with people socially and um, be able to do everything in one world is kind of how I imagined uh, the metaverse. I think I know what you mean when you talk about like building the capital N metaverse where multiple worlds can be built on top of a platform that um, we have yet to see um, is kind of how I imagined it. Uh, one of the first birth of uh, something like the metaverse, how I imagined it was um, being able to use like the crypto wallet and log into multiple and different types of applications and without having to create or separate your interactions by applications, but to be able to interact and do everything in one app is kind of like how I imagined it, I guess. Right. The distinction I want to make here is that what you described is kind of what we have right now. You can use your wallet across different platforms. You can transfer stuff pretty openly using a blockchain. Um, the metaverse is specifically going to be more a more immersive and interactive internet. And it needs to have components like AR, VR, or XR. XR is interesting because uh, um, it's kind of a new term. Most people don't know about it. It's called extended reality. It's the ability to switch between um, augmented reality and virtual reality at at will and it's not here yet because we don't have we don't have anything that does that right so okay yeah i i wanted to mention just for a lot of the listeners out there so virtual reality is like having a headset and being able to immerse yourself uh into a screen i guess like a more of a 3d environment um, everything you can interact with but you just can't feel anything um Augmented reality is like Pokemon Go, where you're using the phone in real life, but you can see like animations of characters and whatnot uh, existing in the space that you're pointing towards. Um, but you need like certain type of glasses or hardware or or something to create um, or to have to supplement, uh, you know, something that's invisible in a real world is kind of like the augmented one. Um, 
I'm not sure if you, I think you can interact with the augmented reality. So that's another thing. But then there's this extended, I, I thought it was called mixed reality. Um, apparently there's a new definition now. It's called XR. As you said, it was extended reality. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, which is a combination of VR and AR experience. But, right. Um, yeah. One thing that's actually coming out within this past next year is called, um, this is uh, extended reality uh, contact lens that they built. The actual HUD, the screen itself, is actually a, a size of a piece of grain of sand. Um, the name of it is Mojo Vision, and that's supposed to be what we're moving towards. We're going to have contact lenses. So imagine, like, right now, we just have, like, kind of the Oculus or our phones to interact through, through AR, but in the future, it's going to be extended reality using um contact lenses is pretty, wow. pretty cool wow that's that's pretty exciting i mean if we're finally able to minimize <laughs> the amount of ugly hardware that we have to wear just to experience these things i think i'm all for it <laughs> so yeah exciting stuff about xr ar vr thanks for and, that definition it was pretty spot on <laughs> and, th and this was um you're talking about these type of technology hardware whatnot or contact lenses that are coming out in 2023 or near future 2023 Oh, nice. They're scheduled wow. to be released next year. So, so I would like to also add that Apple is coming out with their own AR VR headset uh, priced around $2,000 in 2023. Oh, wow. Uh, so. it, it's apparently been announced by Apple. Um, and so it's leaked a little bit more information as we get closer to the year. Um, but I also found out that they're going to be creating cheaper versions of their AR VR headset in 2025. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's, I didn't hear about that. I heard rumors of that. Same. Uh, Tim Hook is working on something. Yeah. But Apple it, keeps things pretty close to a test, unless, like, you're working for Apple. I'm pretty sure right. they're whoever leaked that isn't anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it was definitely rumors a couple months ago, but I think there's just a lot more information about it now uh, to be, like, actualization of, you know, what's going to happen or what, what are the new products that are coming out soon? Yeah, that's exciting. Um, but we're definitely early in this space. Uh, when we talk about the metaverse, if, you, if, you, if you're familiar with the uh, technology adoption curve, mm -hmm. um, we have like the innovators, early adopters, early, mm -hmm. early majority, and so on. Um, the metaverse sits like before, even before the innovators right now, because um, mm -hmm. it's so early. So. We're going to see companies building towards the metaverse. Obviously, like a lot of you have heard about like the news being like of Facebook main, named their, renamed their company to Meta and also like companies everywhere like Microsoft, NVIDIA, um, Fortnite, Epic Games, like Roblox, all moving to the metaverse. But they're all building for something that's a couple years out at least. Um, but I think yeah, we're going to start to see that next year, I guess, products yeah. being released. Yeah, that's that. pretty crazy because I still think blockchain is still in the early stages of adoption. But mm -hmm. to see Metaverse jump like to that momentum and with these huge companies and especially like someone like Facebook to bet their entire market capitalization going from Facebook to Meta, you know, $468 billion worth of stocks, you know, that's just sitting there uh, in terms of valuation. That's pretty incredible that, that the type yeah. of bet they're making. 
we'll see how that goes. I don't think uh, Facebook is going to be successful. <laughs> I know that's a bold statement, but like, if you think to, to the early days of the internet, um, the internet became so big because people had open access to it. You could post web, whatever on it, communicate freely, um, build websites freely. Uh, I think Facebook is trying to control the metaverse right now and that kind of make it a centralized hub for the internet because they couldn't centralize the internet um, right now through social media. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be successful. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think a lot of giants out there are, you know, definitely going to feel the hurt in the future, especially if they're not coming up with new things all the time. So, I mean, I, I understand the strain that they have to go through, like being able to, you know, generate billions of revenue. So the apparently the market cap for the metaverse right now currently it has a potential to be one trillion dollars um according to jp morgan but i'm pretty sure it was someone else before jp morgan figured that out yeah i think um the actual number was uh, pwc estimated that uh arvr technologies will contribute 1.5 trillion to the global economy by 2030. wow so incredible and that's just a blanket statement about arvr technologies mm -hmm. what the metaverse will be no one knows, but right. just being AR, VR technologies being 1.5 trillion, you can imagine how big the actual um, kind of metaverse will be. So kind of diving into some detail, I know we kind of broadly talked about what the metaverse will be. Um, it will be the next iteration of the internet encompassing a more uh, immersive and interactive experience, um, probably revolved around AR, VR, and XR. Um, but I, I did a lot of research actually. We, there's a person called Matthew Ball. He wrote a book about the metaverse and how it will revolutionize everything. He put some real, real meat on the bones of defining what the metaverse will be. Um, I'm going to spew some terms out there and Tony, let me know if you doesn't make sense. Cause you're kind of the other side to this question. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> me presenting sure. and you're representing the people here. Mm -hmm. Um, so first one he talked about. Metaverse characteristic of the metaverse will be a 3D virtual world. So anything 2D mm -hmm. is not going to be considered part of the metaverse. Like right now, interacting through a screen um, or our phones, that's actually not the metaverse because it's not immersive. Mm -hmm. um, so that's characteristic number one. It needs to be 3D virtual world um, interacted through AR, VR, XR. Uh, the second point is needs to be real-time rendered. So that means your environment is being built as you go and experience through the metaverse. So when you think about like video games or um, any any other pre-built experience, it's all built by someone. And if you walk through it, it it's not interactive in that way because you're going through a defined experience. Right. So imagine like a, a tour, a virtual tour um, through through a path, through a maze or something. Something that's, that's the user yeah. built or you're, you're being kind of led through a space uh -huh. versus um, versus exploring and openly interacting with the space. So, okay. yeah, that's what it means. Like it needs to be real time rendered between the two. Be right. Interactive and responsive. Got it. Um, third one needs to be massively scaled. So mm. if you have just a, a virtual room and you're just in a room, you can't get out of it, you can't interact with anyone, that won't be a metaverse because um, 
a metaverse needs to be actually like a world you can go places go far and beyond um kind of replace your world and that you can huh. theoretically travel anywhere walk anywhere right. and take your pet on a walk anywhere right so it needs to be massively scaled in that way okay yeah that um, makes sense that makes sense i i can imagine you're saying like you know if you're given if your starting point is in a room but you know you you have to be able to scale outside the room right is that that's what you're saying your experience has to be able to scale beyond the room um, yeah. like to other places to like games like to casinos you know all in one world is like that's what you're saying right yeah it needs to be a kind of a true world that you can um do a lot of stuff in okay when you say <laughs> when you say true as in like it can't be like completely made up stuff it's more like something that already exists the concept is exist in our world like the real world so to speak yeah it needs to be it'll needs to mimic our real world as much as possible right um one example i can give is like um i don't know if you played cyberpunk 2077 no but i i know of it yeah yeah or, or like grand theft auto uh -huh. like right that that's a virtual world um but you have like limits and boundaries of what you could do like uh grand theft auto is like in one city once you move past the city boundary there's no nothing else right you're kind of trapped in this virtual space mm -hmm. um and you could do only do so much um, given kind of a limited space right but massively massively skilled world you can go beyond those boundaries um actually do and live as part of that virtual world interesting okay yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah um fourth point has to have persistence um meaning that whatever your actions you do will be reflected um for eternity <laughs> I feel like I just quoted Gladiator or something, <laughs> but um, that means like in normal video games, you know, you have like seasons that reset and also items that can, can be upgraded um, or replaced by better items. Yeah. Um, but in the metaverse, what you own is what you own, just like in here uh, in the physical world, um, what you own can't be like magically disappeared by some like governing party or something okay and would you say that it has to be unique or could it be a copy of something else does it have to be massively uh, unique or it doesn't have to be right it just needs to whatever exists can't be deleted okay got let's it. put it that way okay yeah or changed okay um like if you uh if there's a if there's a, a building in the metaverse that you go to like a like um, a meeting spot that meeting spot can't change like next month just because some developer uh decided to or something okay or a better example is like if you buy like a um like a a bag or some clothing in the metaverse uh -huh. for your avatar um you own that forever got it okay yeah so it's it's sort of like that property right it's like having that property right. never changing property yeah okay um fifth point is that it needs to be interoperable um so you can't have one central metaverse that exists by itself so if you uh buy something in one virtual world you need to have the ability to bring it over to other virtual worlds so that items can be permanent um and exists across metaverses and also uh 
kind of like how right now uh, the internet, you can go across web pages, um, across social media platforms, um, and your identity can kind of traverse across this. And a lot of many different companies um, contribute to the internet and also participate on the internet, all using like kind of one protocol. So mm. I think in the future, instead of having like separate virtual worlds, like um, like examples like Pokemon Go or Fortnite or Roblox, uh, it'll be the ability to have one identity going across multiple networks and multiple virtual worlds. Now you can experience separate virtual worlds um, uh, like one after the other, but kind of the concepts of uh, identity, um, who you are, who you interact with, who your friends are, will be kind of interoperable. Okay, yeah. So like cross-world metaverses pretty much. It's like yeah, um, just being easily being transferable depending, even if it's like uh, an item from Pokemon Go, you can take it with you to another game or whatnot and trade it for whatever they they have uh, in another world, um, so to speak. Yeah. Um, sixth point is has to be synchronous. So you experience the same things at the same time as other people. I think that's what that one's kind of self-explanatory. I can't be like <laughs> I'm experiencing one world and some some other people experiencing something else entirely. Um, so okay, like yeah. shared experiences and in, in the same yeah. world, at the same time, yeah, too. Yep. Um, and the last one is a uh, unlimited capacity and in individual presence. So what that means is like if you dress up your avatar you have a kind of a way to express yourself. Other people will see how you're you dressed and what you look like. And you can interact with other people in the same way. Um, you know how, how some games it's like you interact and walk through a virtual world, but you don't really see anyone else? Um, this one, you actually see other people, and there's other people see uh, who you are. At the same time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So kind of the importance of avatars and the ability to like project your who you are and other people will see that as well. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be uh full creativity, you know, at the finest. Like I, I believe everyone's gonna start doing a lot more than you know what we do in the real world, so to speak. Right. Um so kind of next point, what what is not part of the metaverse? Uh, we kind of touched upon, upon it briefly, but uh, traditional video games aren't, aren't part of the metaverse. They have kind of predefined storylines. Um, they exist to provide one form of entertainment. And usually people move from one video game to another. Um, if you kind of devote yourself to one video game, you can't transfer stuff across video games usually. So that's one example. Um, social media and web pages are not part of the metaverse because we interact them with them through our screens. So it needs to be an immersive experience to be part of the metaverse or a metaverse. Um, connected devices like Alexa and like AirPods aren't part of the metaverse yet, although they might be part of the metaverse in the future in that they're kind of link um, or tools to enable either augmented reality experiences 
or uh, virtual reality experiences. So we're not there yet. Um, amusement, par- amusement parks and rides are not part of the metaverse because they're predefined storylines you go through and you're out. <laughs> and that's some actually promote themselves as entering the metaverse, but it's just kind of a virtual reality experience. Um, yeah. And one, this is kind of a key point. Uh, any technology that has kind of one characteristic metaverse, like we talked about um, in our previous um, discussion, that's not the metaverse itself. A lot of people have this misconception of uh, virtual reality is the metaverse, but virtual reality in and itself isn't the metaverse because virtual reality can be just this one defined experience contained uh, in a game. Like we have Oculus games or... Um, virtual Poco rooms or uh, virtual tours that you could do or golf within within uh, Oculus. That's not the metaverse yet. Those are more of uh, virtual reality experiences. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so that's kind of like the definition of the metaverse, what is and what is not the metaverse. Um, so looking into the landscape right now, um, some of what we see uh, is bro- kind of broken out into two different types of metaverses. Metaverses with the lowercase m because it's not interactive yet, it's not built out, it's not interoperable. Um, I'm going to break it down into centralized metaverses and decentralized metaverses or open metaverses. So kind of a few examples of centralized metaverses. We have, like we talked about, everything on MetaQuest. Um, those defined experiences. Um, we do have some like open worlds on MetaQuest. Uh, forget the name of them. Could you but... tell me a little bit about MetaQuest? Who is MetaQuest? Is that Facebook? MetaQuest. Yeah, the Facebook Meta. They... Oh, okay, so they have <laughs> Facebook a... Oculus Quest is oh, the MetaQuest now officially. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, ha- they have like uh virtual me- virtual reality worlds that are pretty immersive right now but i consider them centralized metaverses because meta or facebook controls them right um we have everything built by niantic most uh namely pokemon go um a lot of you probably played it before um really fun kind of die down maybe dead <laughs> game <laughs> uh roblox uh, is probably the biggest right now. Um, there's this crazy statistic, statistic saying that um, 80% of kids 4 through 14 have a Roblox account. Oh. Um, you can just imagine the scale there. Hmm. And, and, and I'll dive. Why, yeah. why is Roblox so popular compared to any other uh, games out there? Is it just the complexity? Is it, is it just easy to pick up, so to speak, for kids? Yeah, uh, it's easy to pick up. And kids just like... You can build a lot of stuff with it. Mm-hmm. There's Roblox Designer, mm. and these kids just built like amazing worlds that, um, kind of like an open source engine. Huh. Like these kids go on design, um, and people go and experience what they built, and they actually get paid for it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. At a very early age. It's like, I, I, yeah. I'm guess I'm starting to envision what the market looks like for being a trillion dollars. I'm. I, not only kids, but I'm also thinking about like those people that are disabled from and not ability to, that has no ability to work in the workforce because they're disabled. 
Um, I have a feeling that this is going to have huge benefits to the uh, underreported working class, um, which is like, I guess, like people that are disabled, that can't work anymore um, because they're not in their health, but they still have, you know, the ability to create things as long as they have, you know, like hands and, you know, I don't know, a headset that they could put on and uh, visual eyesight, so to speak. Uh, I think, you know, maybe even more beyond that, maybe they could be deaf, blind and everything, but um, I think this is going to really jumpstart. I guess this is where the money is coming from, right? Like the missing percentage of people, a huge population of people, especially those that are like immigrating to the United States. If you don't have citizenship, it's so hard to get a job. Um, it's all, and you, it's impossible to start a business if you're not a citizen in the United States, like literally. So I could, I could imagine where this is going uh, uh, in the internet space. Yeah, that's interesting. I think we'll know when the metaverse is actually here, when people don't use smartphones anymore. Mm. You know? That's an interesting point. Um, and we won't have screens in our home. We'll have kind of placeholders that um, AR experiences can pop up in our homes. Um, so instead of like a TV, you, you look to a wall and then there's your TV. Right. Or like because a, a, you're wearing uh, an Apple glasses or Apple lens. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, and also like, instead of carrying around our smartphones, you won't be able to, you'll just kind of tap the side of your lenses and, um, or scroll with your eyeballs or like, you know? or like tap the wrist, like the empty wrist, Yeah, tap your wrist or, um, or tap around you, like right. your body be, parts or whatever. <laughs> yeah, or no, just like the air around you. Oh, that like too. Yeah, having a screen in front of you, yeah, around you, or it could just be like um, some device that controls the VR experience or the AR experience with your with your glasses. Mm. Um, that's all. No, um, I think we made a also made a jump forward with uh, the early stage of the internet where people moved off of like yellow pages, right, mm -hmm. and relied on actual internet to call people and send people email. Right, um, that was pretty big landmark and also like when people moved off of blackberries to use iphones um i think we're gonna just see the sudden change of people wearing um ar vr xr devices versus smartphones that's that i see what you mean I there that'll that'll pretty you're talking pretty uh yeah you're talking about like instead of a gradual transition we're talking about a leap in technology where right. our habits are different like completely um and what we use every day is going to be different every day, like instead of yeah. logging into our phones. Right. Uh, I think it, it has potential to change a lot of things and reduce waste. One thing that keeps on pumping to my mind is like um, whenever we check out, there's like a terminal and a register and everything. And a pe person there um, kind of helping you check out. So imagine... Imagine a virtual checkout, a totally virtual checkout where the payment station is just a projection from your AR glasses and you interact with it digitally, mm -hmm. like pressing stuff um, through your AR glasses. Right. So it could potentially reduce the waste of like payment terminals. That is stuff. very true. I, I want to add and plug a little bit here. Um, do you remember growing up, uh, reduce, reuse, recycle? Yeah. It's still a thing right now. It is. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad it is because 
I haven't been I haven't been seeing that a lot these days, and that's probably just because I'm you know a lot older right. now, and it only happens when you're young or something. But that that campaign is something that I kind of want to bring back to adults because we grew up with it, and I think we have some sort of connection with that. And I've noticed that you know companies like Apple today don't let you really reuse, reduce, recycle. They want you to buy their newest product every time, and every time that battery wears out, or you know your phone passes that one or two year mark, it starts slowing down. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. becoming very wasteful. It's like a, a type of consumerism that's not sustainable in a way. And so, the plug is here is that I'm actually creating a product that's going to be you know bringing back the the reduce, reuse, recycle. Type of campaign with my toilet paper product, uh, bamboo unbleached toilet paper product that I'm trying to combat climate change with um, as my first creation into you know my own business and my product. I definitely think everyone should check it out. It has you know better quality than regular uh, toilet paper. Uh, your wife and your kids would love it,、um, especially when you have little babies、uh, that are always pooping themselves. So it's more absorbent and whatnot. So I definitely think you guys should check it out. It's very, it's safe for、uh, sensitive skin. It's hypoallergenic.、Um, anything that you use today that is colored in white is because they are bleached,、uh, and not a lot of people know that. Yeah, this this、uh, segment sponsored by Bamboo Story. <laughs> <laughs> check out Tony's、uh, bamboo toilet paper. Yeah, on Amazon <laughs>、right. listed as of today. Amazon listed. Um. All right. So coming back to like we talked about centralized metaverses and kind of Roblox and this tangent about <laughs> <laughs> payment terminals and that stuff. Um. Decentralized metaverses, I think, are going to be really important for the metaverse in general as we move towards like a more equal decentral decentralized, um, open internet. So、uh, some examples are like the sandbox, the central land. Um, Star Atlas. I don't know if you heard about that. It's gonna be. It looks really cool. And and、um, for a lot of the new listeners here, you, when you talk about centralized versus decentralized, you're talking about like、um, centralized being like one company building the experience for you,、um, so、yeah. to speak, versus decentralized where you know everyone's building the、uh, like a open source world and everyone's contributing to、uh, building a new world, right? Like the whole experience for everybody. Yeah, exactly.、Uh, centralized metaverses are usually built by corporations, and corporations always have a profit motive.、Um, decentralized metaverses are usually blockchain、uh, and crypto based, where people own the property, own the decisions that they make in the metaverse, and also、uh, have true rights ownership to the property that they have, which is really important.、Um, Board Ape Yacht Club and real prominent NFT. Kind of pioneered this concept of true ownership of rights across your IP.、Um, so, imagine like a world where everything that you have needs to be open, and you truly own it. I know that sounds simple right now because physically, like in our physical world, if you buy something, you own it because it's something physical. But in the in, in a digital、um, world, that IP. And true ownership, you like you own、um, the digital keys to that property, becomes more and more important. Right as we go. So,、forward. like one example being is like you buy digital music online, and you technically own that music, but 
um, at any given day and time, if you're to yeah. use it for anything else, for your own content creation or for your own use, um, people can just take that away from you, right? And they can um, sue you for uh, using it differently than other than listening and listening to the music. Yeah, that, that's a perfect example. Like, not only you're not, um, you can't, you're you're going to jail if you violate the rights of that digital property. Um, so in the, in a summer way, if you buy any like uh, digital item from a centralized party, uh, that centralized party has true ownership of what you own. Um, one example is like Pokemon Go. I don't know if you remember, uh, they had Pokeballs that you catch Pokemon with. And that Pokeball is really important property because that controls the amount um, kind of experience that you get, how many Pokemon that you get, and it controls the your your core of your experience. So people can buy those Pokeballs, and I did actually for like ten bucks once, um, like a Pokeball pack, so I can keep on catching Pokemon. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but there was one time that uh, Niantic really increased the difficulty oh. for the catch catch probability of Pokemon. That essentially devalued the Pokemon balls that you bought. And you had no control over it. So imagine if you bought like someone bought like hundreds of dollars of Pokeballs. Um, you had overnight, almost overnight, those Pokeballs were devalued, which essentially is like devaluing your currency in in the game. Interesting. Um, so at, at one point, it was like impossible to catch a Caterpie, which is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and Cater- so Caterpie to, is a level one Pokemon, right? It hasn't evolved yeah, it's yet. It's like the easiest thing that you could right. catch in there. Um, so yeah, it, it really uh, screwed over a lot of people. Yeah, that's a great example. Um, yeah, and um, moving forward, like we talk about the impacts of the metaverse, I think a lot of the metaverse is already here through like virtual worlds already. I want to give some examples of like just the scale already of how um, what it is right now. So. Um, Adidas, a lot of clothing brands like Adidas have already made purchases in the decentralized metaverse. Um, so Adidas bought $144 million of digital land in the sandbox to set up kind of a plaza and acquire high visibility real estate in the metaverse. So this is one example. Um, Gucci has the house of Gucci. An actual store you can visit in Roblox (laughs) that you can buy digital bags for your avatar. And the crazy thing about this is that these digital bags... Don't tell me they're like $1,000 or 300 bucks. Yeah, they're they're four times more more expensive than actual Gucci bags. Oh my goodness. Physical Gucci bags. So if you have like a Gucci bag um, in the metaverse... But how does that make sense to the the target audience the market like roblox are all kids well, Ro- roblox like teenage teenage girls right they want to dress up to attend events in the metaverse and they're gonna so, buy a thousand dollars worth of bags yeah oh because, my goodness like imagine a concert right a stadium can only fit like hundred thousand people at, at, at most these concerts in roblox one concert had 37 million people. 37 million people? 37 million people attended a Lil Nas X concert in Roblox. And because of that whole like marketing around it, people dressed up for it and bought Gucci bags, bought like things for the avatars. Roblox made so much money because of that. 
Um, My God, what so about like, Gucci? I mean, they might yeah, they Gucci also <laughs> made a lot. Like they, they must be shocked about how successful their digital store right. must have been. Imagine how easy it was for Gucci to set up that digital store. It just had they built something in Rivers, partner with Roblox, and it just created it in like an hour, right? Yeah, and they don't need to source um, any of these, you know, materials, yeah, right? They don't need to source the materials to create the, the a, a copy of the f- f- bag. They don't even like need to design it because um, they already have the Gucci bags. So it's just crazy. You can't do that to the same scale with the physical world because like. You have to build stores and like right. pay leases and all that stuff. I, I don't think they can make 37 million copies of bags even if they wanted to versus uh, something like right. Roblox. Yeah. When I heard about that, I was like, oh, then. So you can, you can tell like the next generation, these four to 14 year olds are going to be the actual people who value digital things versus old like physical things because physical things you could buy it where, but it'll, it will kind of die off the physical presence but that's why i say like individual presence is so important because it can last forever yeah it lasts forever it's a way of self 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 expression digitally interesting that's pretty intense actually right like 14 year olds Um, growing up to be 30 and buying all this expensive stuff in the virtual world versus what they want in real life right so yeah, that's that was crazy one once I heard about it. Um also like Nike has shoe drops now, which is virtual shoe drops. <laughs> like, right. I saw that. That are worth more than actual shoe drops. Um, physically. Uh yeah. It's already here. But um it it exists like separately in separate separate worlds right now. Um a next point before I kind of wrap it up uh, about the metaverse is kind of we need we aren't there because we need some technologies to develop. Uh, one is the kind of networking and 5G. If we have virtual worlds that kind of all around us, we need a really strong uh, mobile internet, kind of the next G or even 6G internet that will enable this. Right now, like 5G, it's honestly kind of spotty. Um, and it is not available in in most places. So we definitely need either kind of 5G or Elon Musk <laughs> to, to help us. And, <laughs> yeah, with uh, his satellite internet. What is it called? Um, Starlink. Um, Starlink, yeah, to help us out with that. So Did you know I actually run 6G internet? Oh, what is that? How do, how, do, how do you do that, right? So you you have to buy the new, um, what do you call it? Modems, new okay. internet modems that I, I actually bought. I spent $500 for this new internet modem. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it's from Eero. So it's, it's Amazon owned. And they have the capability to provide six, they call it not 6G, they call it 6E. Um, internet capacity and what it is is just upgraded internet from like 5g level or something i don't know what it is it's 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 the next level from 808 or whatever that thing is called uh just a regular wi-fi um and it's supposed to give better connectivity because i was having a lot of connectivity issues um, when i started having a lot of smart devices uh especially roku when i started installing roku 
my internet started to lag and I just couldn't handle it anymore. And internet was the last thing on my mind that I wanted to, you know, have to work with or try to fix, you know, that's like not something I do because I use the internet every day in my life and for everything. So I, I went the extra mile and bought a super future expensive proof, um, future proof, um, modem and right. yeah now i'm running on 6g not only that but you actually have to buy a pci adapter for your pc to run 6g oh shoot so it's completely wired uh no it's i had to buy the wireless one because i i can't okay. i can't do the wired i mean you can do wired it's probably oh, okay. everyone's preference PC, yeah, yeah. Wireless PC running on 6G, but I had to buy the 6G adapter for my PC to run it wireless on 6G. <laughs> All right, yeah. very cool. cool. Okay, I wanted to add that um, I know we didn't really talk about this, but uh, when we're talking about decentralization and why it's important to the metaverse, is I think it's because we're building an infrastructure that is needed for countless startups and community building. Um, for the metaverse, um, it, it, yeah. like you said, um, mentioning and adding on top of hyperscaling, uh, we don't we won't be able to hyperscale in the Oculus world, right? We won't be able to hyperscale in the Facebook company and create a metaverse there. We need to be able to hyperscale in a larger metaverse and build on top of an infrastructure that's going to be supporting uh, multiple uh, worlds, like you said, and metaverses at the same time. Um, and I think that's why it's really important that Metaverse, uh, in order to be successful, one of the key ingredients is being able to adopt decentralization and making decentralization work. Because I have kind of yet to see um, something very successful as Facebook or something like as successful as centralized companies um, that come across as being decentral, you know, so um, the only thing I would say right now currently is uh, maybe like Bitcoin, right? It's a decentralized type of finance uh, or whatever you want to call it, asset or ledger. Um, that's one technology that came out of it, uh, being that it's decentralized and therefore it's extremely successful. Um, but other than that, it's still limited to what it can truly do, right? It's not, it's not as offering as like, something like Amazon where you can purchase everything and uh, and have multiple experiences in one place. So um, yeah, that's like kind of my spiel on infrastructure and why it needs to be decentralized. Yeah, um, that really good point. I think um, in order to become like a truly open and equal metaverse, uh, we need to have decentralized components to it or else we're going to wind up with uh where we are right now with like google <laughs> controlling <laughs> the internet basically yeah like all the algorithms dictating everything that's true um so yeah we need uh, a future where web3 and decentralization be uh, comes to reality as a really important um so Amazon, also, like, Amazon AWS controls 50% of all the exactly. internet network. Um, they can, right. if they decide to shut down tomorrow, I mean, which, you know, I'm pretty sure they won't be doing that kind of stuff. Uh, there's just no benefit to it. But if they wanted to, they can technically turn off all their servers tomorrow and half the internet would be gone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, also, like, there's a broader, like, representation issue. Um, 
that we haven't really talked about and that's like imagine silicon valley developers maybe like 90 percent male right <laughs> right right um we need a more decentralized open metaverse so that that doesn't happen all right, so yeah, as we met, wrap up this discussion of the metaverse, um, obviously we're not there yet, but Web3 and decentralization are going to be key to prevent like a dystopian centralized universe like we see in like Ready Player One. Um, that's why like to keep uh, us in the right direction, get involved in the metaverse, uh, really understand the enabling technologies um what we have so far like the sandbox the central land um as kind of nascent and sparse they are they're going to be key to helping us in the future to be more inclusive be ha having more open and neutral internet uh, where we the people control make decisions for the metaverse own the own the items and are free to interact how ever we choose to instead of being blindly controlled by like a centralized party like like future facebook or meta or google or um microsoft so i think it's really important to get involved um be knowledgeable right now yeah that that definitely makes sense we we need to have more people involved um just just going back to what you said about player uh, ready player one i don't remember if the ending was like the kid receives the egg and if he gave a little portion of it to everybody else but i think that would have been a better ending uh uh take notes uh steven spielberg okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know it would have been nice if uh they gave a little piece of that world to everyone as uh part of you know like owning a part of that world um, really equally, I guess, in some way, in some aspects. So I think that would have been, that would have been cool. Uh, I think that's the path. We already know like the perfect recipe a little bit of where we need to be in terms of like the foundation and infrastructure. Uh, we just need to build on, on top of that. So um, I also find it that, you know, I, it, in my heart, it's telling me that I should be, you know, applying for a lot of these like blockchain jobs and whatnot, just to kind of explore, you know, on their side of the sheet, um, or their side of the coin, so to speak, to, you know, you know what's really driving them to build these types of projects um, is, is kind of something that I'm interested in. And so hopefully one day I'll get there. But currently, if you haven't already, um, check out my product, my first product on Amazon, uh, Bamboo Story. Uh, it's definitely going to change your life. In, in, in any way, I, I got to warn you now, if you use it now, um, it's going to be really hard going back to traditional toilet paper because... Once you use my toilet paper, you're going to really find out and really uh, like learn that um, these companies uh, that make toilet paper, they really skimp. They really cheap out on their product um, significantly. And so uh, once you use my product, you might not be able to ever go back. So uh, that's a warning from me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> once you use bamboo, you can't go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to try it out, Tony. You're hyping it up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you should see how beautiful uh, you should see how beautiful they are when you open the box. Like the rolls are so tightly knit on top. It's compared to like those uh, like Charmin toilet paper that you get or Costco toilet paper that you get. It's so loose when you, when you come when you see the rolls from the top. So uh, yeah, look out for that. That's quality. All right, check out the metaverse and bamboo story. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely sponsor this episode. All right. Cool. Well, thank you guys for um, joining us on this episode. 
uh, we'll hopefully go back to a more regular schedule now that Tony is buried back from Hawaii. Um, so yeah, uh, continue to be curious, build your own stuff, um, continue exploring in this crypto rabbit hole. Yeah, I think definitely just just being knowledgeable or just learning about the space is pretty much enough, I would say, to you know, lead to something new, a new experience, whether it's being involved or just, you know, learning about the space can lead to new things. Like, for example, like me and Galen comes to came together and started this podcast, right? It wouldn't have been if it wasn't for the crypto space. So um, there is some sort of inception there. There's some type of interesting curiosity and uh, extreme growth in this space. So, um, yeah, look out for that. Thank you.